Hi everybody, welcome back to another episode of Midwest Madness, your true crime, cult, conspiracy, and cryptid podcast. I'm Emily. And I'm Danielle. And we hope you guys had a great weekend. I I went to wineries. I don't have a, a social life, so I did nothing. All my friends, well, not all my friends, most of my friends live out of state, so. Aren't you going to Pride? Maybe. I've been invited to go to Pride. I don't know if I'm going to. Um, I haven't decided yet. So. What is Pride this weekend? So. Yes. In Minneapolis. Yep. Yeah. In Minneapolis. Yep. So. And the Taylor Swift concert. So. Oh, yeah. Actually, one, a couple of my friends are going to be in town. Oh. One for the Taylor Swift concert and then one for Pride. So. Some of my South Dakota friends will be here. So maybe you will. So maybe I do have to Do plans. something. <laughs> I don't know yet. Guess we'll find out. We will. All right. So, um. My story is, I had a hard time, like, chronologically doing it, so if you have questions or you get a little confused, please let me know, because I did my best, but it, like, it's a lot. Okay. So, I'm going to be telling you the story of Casey Clark. So, have you heard of, okay. Oh, where is? Uh, North Dakota. No. Okay, so this story is from February. It starts oh. in February 2012. Pause. Can I say something really quick? Yeah. Totally not related to your story, though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, That Vermilion, Vanished in Vermilion book oh, that I yeah, yeah. Uh, the, borrowed the from Jackie. Mm-hmm. Pretty good, actually. Is it? Yeah, and it, I, for some reason, I was like, oh, we've never done that story. Yeah, I did that story. <laughs> <laughs> like, I literally read the first page, and I was like, duh, Emily, you did this story. It's, um... Cheryl Miller and Pam oh, Jackson. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah. Yeah. So I knew how it ended already, but still. It's it, still pretty good. Still pretty good. Uh, so if anyone wants a good, like, true crime book recommendation. Um, Are you done with it already? Yeah. Vanished in Vermilion. Damn. I should have brought it, but you I forgot it. But well, you'll be back tomorrow. Bring it. Yeah, I'll bring it tomorrow. Okay. Okay, sorry. No, you said good. North Dakota, and it made me think of it, so. Yes. So we are February 2012, North Dakota. Christopher Clark, who goes by Casey, um, was a 30-year-old man, and he went missing. I thought it was a female. Yeah, no. uh, Like, the letter K and the letter C. Okay. Because his his name, Christopher, starts with a K. Oh. So, Christopher Clark, Casey. Oh. Makes sense. Yeah. So, I understand why you'd be confused. Um, So, Casey had been working in the oil fields after leaving Texas um, with another man named James Hendrickson. So the two men are working for a company called Blackstone. It's a trucking business that's run by Sarah Creveling and James. So um, this company is in a town called Mandry, North Dakota, and the land they are working on is owned by a man named Tex Hall. Why are all big oil people named Tex? Hilariously, this guy's a Native American. Really? Yeah, he's a Native American chief. Good for him. I know. You get that money. I know, right? You get that bag. Right? But still. Yeah, but isn't it just... Taxes. Yeah. And I wonder if maybe, maybe... it's a nickname. I was going to say maybe if it's a nickname, but that's all I ever saw him referred to as. So, um, I know we already have a lot of names. The ones we need to remember are Casey, James, and that's kind of it. So, Kay. the other two, they're there, but we don't... They don't stick around so casey was unhappy working for blackstone he didn't like how much money he was making and he was unhappy with the owners um something had happened because he had started as an operations manager and then was like demoted 
and that um was never explained why but he was no longer working as a manager okay casey decides to go and work for a different company in the mandry area called running horse trucking and this is when rumors of bad blood between casey and james started so casey starts talking about how he feels like he might be in danger and starts to carry his gun with him everywhere he goes he tells friends in the area that if he goes missing to contact his family right away oh shit so one of the articles that I read explained the oil boom in North Dakota at this time as the wild, wild west. In 2012? Mm-hmm. I feel like I remember hearing a lot about yeah. it. And I was in high school. You were in high school. And it, it because it was a really good way to go and make a lot of fucking money. Fast. Fast. But it was also, for that reason, some of your less wholesome folks were right. heading that way and i'm not saying it's like the gold rush kind yeah of, you know and i'm not saying that good people weren't living and working out there because actually i have a friend that worked as a paramedic out there and he made fucking bank cool but he also said that a gallon of gas was like or a gallon of of milk was like nine dollars holy shit yeah it was crazy that is nuts so you you don't make you don't save as much as you think you're going to because things cost more so uh let's see casey also starts talking about how he needs to practice with his gun to become a better shot on february 22nd 2012 casey is seen at blackstone and he's never seen again his calls start going to voicemail no money is withdrawn from his accounts sometime in early june of 2012 casey's truck is found with his belongings inside but there is no sign of casey Please start investigating his disappearance as fall play at this point. Casey's mom has been very vocal about um, her suspicions that James has something to do with her son's disappearance and or murder. James has actually filed a slander suit against Casey's mom, um, and she had to actually file for bankruptcy because of her lawyer fees. So I think her name is Jill. I was going to write it down, then I forgot. But she's been running a Facebook page, and I wanted to read something that she posted on... What's the page called? I don't know. Okay, I was going to look to see if I could find her name, but... Um, that would, yeah, that would have been smart. Um, so this was on another website, but she taken right from the Facebook, and when I tried to practice read it, I actually started crying. Oh, good. So, oh, good. It's fine. Do you want me to read it? No. Okay. I can't. I'm going to struggle through it. Okay. Okay. Okay, it's fake. It's not real. I have to pretend it's not real. Oh, my gosh. It's real. Um, okay. So, you have no idea the hell I live in, the agony I'm going through, unless you've been through something similar, not knowing where my boy is. You cannot imagine what we went through in North Dakota, walking miles, searching, picking up bones, wondering if they might be parts of my baby, ripping out thistle, thistle bushes with my bare hands to look beneath them as my husband and our friend on their knees, dug with hands, machetes, and camp shovel in the dirt, desperately trying to find Casey, picking up rocks to take home so that I had a piece of the last towns where my son was, barely sleeping or eating because we were too busy trying to find my son. I tried to be strong to do what needs to be done, but when the special agent wheeled my son's belongings into the room and put them all in a row on the table, when I had to sign for those things, when they swabbed my mouth for a DNA test, I could not hold back the tears anymore. You cannot imagine the agony of leaving the state without my baby, leaving people who have helped me and become family to me, who I have come to love. 
I left part of my heart in North Dakota, and I hurt every day. My spirit is tugged and tormented with the need to go back to North Dakota to find my boy and see the people who now hold a piece of my heart. I feel like I let Casey down because I left the state without finding him. Please bring, please help me bring Casey home before the holidays, which will be no joyous season this year without him. Wait, End quote. Okay. Was that written all the way back in like 2012? And yeah. I'm assuming he still hasn't been found. Uh, okay, we'll I'm, get to We're going to keep going. But that's terrible. Isn't that just heartbreaking? Yeah. I can't imagine the... Oh, the, just the agony of... Like, neither of us have kids, but, like, if you or Al went missing, I would lose my fucking mind. Yeah. I would lose my mind. It's just hopeless. It's got to be yeah. such a hopeless feeling. So, in October um, of 2012, someone put up a $10,000 reward for finding Casey or his body... And the person responsible. So you had to deliver both things. Okay. Um, in the same post, Casey's mom begs for anyone who knows what happened to Casey to come forward. And she promises them that they can remain anonymous and she will help protect them. The case then goes cold. At least until 2014. Okay. That's where we add a couple of more names to the story. The first two being Douglas and Alberta Carlisle. So Douglas goes by Doug. And Alberta lived in Spokane, Washington. They were returning home one night in December um, from church, and Alberta had gone upstairs when she heard arguing. She went downstairs, saw her husband arguing with a man in all black holding a gun. Alberta, Alberta turned and ran upstairs, hearing five or six gunshots behind oh, her. No. She hid in a closet and called the police. Neighbors reported seeing a white van outside, idling outside the Carlisle home, and when police arrived, they found a black glove in the Carlisle yard. She survived? Mm-hmm. What the fuck does Washington have to do with this? You'll see. That's why I, t- I gave you that little warning, was that it gets a little wacky pants crazy. Okay. So police luckily found DNA on the the black glove, like inside it. Did Doug die? He did die, okay. unfortunately. Um, I, I mean, he was shot five times yeah, at point blank rage. Yeah. Um, and the so the black glove glove led back to a man named Timothy Sakao. Timothy worked for an asbestos removal company, and when police, I am so sorry. When police searched his van, they found a to-do list. And now while I love a good to-do list, I would not recommend writing one down for your murder plot. Just saying. His note said things like gloves, wipe down tools, wheel man, and practice with pistol. Police then arrested Timothy for first-degree murder and his getaway driver, a man named Robbie Warrer. Four other men, Rob DeLau, Lazaro Piscina, and Todd Bates were also arrested in connection to the murder, but it was Rob that really tied the pieces of this little puzzle together. Rob had a history of crime, including drug and manslaughter charges. Now, I know you're wondering what the fuck is going on and why are you talking about Washington State? now because that's definitely not in the midwest right so in the weeks before his murder doug started to tell friends and family that if anything happened to him 
James Hendrickson was responsible. Dude. uh, So. James is like not sneaky at all. (laughs) Right? Like there's no stealth here. Right. Like two, like both people were like, if something happens to me, like. Like both people saw it coming. Yeah. Right. And so sad that they couldn't stop it. But Right. So before we go any further, I would like to tell you a little bit more about James. So James has a rather shady past and has been in trouble with the law before. He had a habit of starting businesses and then not playing, paying his employees before splitting town. He had a contracting business for a while and then he kept like all the money from that and just like dipped. Then he went down to the um, Mexican border where he bought a pill making machine to start making heroin pills to sell. Uh, fortunately... It didn't work, and he just, like, wasted a bunch of heroin. And then his machine was stolen. James threatened to kill whoever took his machine, but thankfully that doesn't seem to have happened. Instead, James went north to the oil fields in North Dakota, where he started Blackstone Trucking. Once again, he started withholding pay from people. That worked for him, even though he was making hundreds of thousands of dollars each year. So not, like, the best business practice. Right. Um, this brings us now to how James and Doug are connected. The two men were business partners and had bought a 640 acre plot of land in North Dakota that looked promising for oil as a neighboring property was making $250,000 a year in oil. This is when James's life began to unravel again because it's now 2012. And if you remember, that's when Casey went missing. Yep. So, Timothy Sakau told police that he was paid by James to kill Casey for $20,000. He said that he killed Casey and buried his body in a park in North Dakota and that James had paid him in two separate $10,000 payments. Rob had put the two men in touch with one another, so he was kind of like James's criminal matchmaker. Okay. Getting him in touch with who or whatever James needed, including drugs and murderers. Perfect. Rob was often in Spokane because his girlfriend and child lived there, but he was working with James in North Dakota, right at, like as a right-hand man kind of person. And Rob was friends with Spokane local Todd, who I mentioned was arrested in connection to Doug's murder. Todd had spent time in jail with, care to guess? No. Timothy! T- <sighs> I had the T part right. So when James needed to kill someone, not only Casey, but also Doug, he reached out to Rob, who then reached out to their quote-unquote enforcer, Todd, who knew Timothy. Timothy was supposed to be paid another uh, $20,000 for the murder of Doug, but both he and James were arrested before the payment was made. James was initially arrested for possession of firearms, which he could not have because he's a felon. Right. Both Robbie and Lazaro two other people that were arrested in connection to this. So there were six people that were yeah, arrested. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So these are the last two. Um, they told police that they did not know that murder was the job they were doing. Robbie said that he was told by Timothy that he was going to be a getaway driver for a home invasion and that he and Liz- that Timothy and Lazaro were going to do. So he was just the one in the van. Okay. Lazaro also believed that it was a home invasion and did not take part in the killing, but he also did not stop it. He 
took off with Timothy and Robbie after Timothy killed Doug. Okay. So Robbie ended up getting 10 years in federal prison for being the getaway driver. Lazaro got 12 years for not killing but being a witness to and helping plan the home invasion. Timothy got 30 years for the two murders. Todd got eight for conspiracy. And lastly, James Hendrickson was convicted of 11 felony charges and will be serving two life sentences. When, what? Crazy that the one only got 30 years. Is it because he like cooperated? I think so. Okay. I think there was a plea. There, there yeah, were there some plea deals. Um, it said that it was kind of a whole like process. Well, there's and that a lot there was, of fucking like, players involved. Yeah. And so, like, I know that Robbie talked. I know that Todd talked. I know that Timothy talked. So those three for sure. And then, um, or sorry, Rob talked too. I know Rob talked because he was the, like, key pin that untangled this whole thing. Because he connected everybody, right? Yeah. So... When James was allowed to speak at his sentencing, he showed absolutely no remorse, which is not shocking. And he did not apologize, but instead went on a rant about marijuana and how he opposed abortion and how his case should have been a death penalty case from the beginning because the U.S. is too easy on crime. Okay. So he sounds like a real fucking winner. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, Casey's body has never been That found. was my question. Yeah. So... I think I I really think that it could happen someday. Um, I mean, I don't know why Timothy didn't just tell them. Yeah, maybe he doesn't remember. Maybe he doesn't know. Maybe it's in more than one place. Mm. Um, one of the articles I read said that um he beat Casey to death, which is terrible. Really, just a horrible way to go. Yeah. So that's my that's my story. It started with Casey Clark and fortunately has some sort of a conclusion. I mean, not the conclusion we wanted or enough. Just but breaks my heart for his mom. Because, I know. Like, okay, so first you your child's missing. You don't know what happens to them. Right. Then you know what happens to them and you still, they're still technically like missing. Yeah. You still don't have that tangible Mm-mm. thing. Right. You know, you don't have a, a place to go and mourn, which is, you know, could be in a thing on your mantle or yeah, a gravesite or I'm sure, I mean, I'm sure they have like a plot, but you know, he's not there. Yeah. Yeah. And you're just thinking like, oh, where is he? Like, right. Yeah. That's sad. Right. It's and she sounds like a really incredible woman and like a fighter. So I hope she continues to fight and they yeah. end up finding body. his body or, you know, something. Yeah. yeah. At this point, because it's been 11 years. So, jeez. Yeah. Wow. So since it's been 11 years. Well, let's see. It's been nine it's 23, right? Yeah. It's been nine years. So that means Todd is out. Robbie will be out next year. And Lazaro will be out in three years. Yikes. If they serve their full, full sentences. Full sentences, right. And don't get time added on for anything. Right. So thankfully, the boss of the whole thing is never, ever getting out. So Yeah. 
and I I think I think he was kind of pissed that it wasn't a um death penalty case because I don't think he wanted to spend his life in prison in prison I think he wanted that escape and fuck you you don't get it right die mad so i hope prison sucks yeah me too um my sources were krem.com the prairie blog khq.com i had two different articles from there and then um inforum.com cool our um I almost said our sources. Our <laughs> socials are MW Madness Podcast on Instagram. That is also our Gmail. And Midwest Madness Podcast, the group on Facebook. Um, we will have to talk because next Tuesday is 4th of July. Oh. So I don't know if we want to not put an episode out or if we want to. I don't know what we'll, we'll have to talk about what yeah. we want to do. But yeah, we'll see. Um. If we don't talk to you, have a great 4th of July. If we do talk to you, still have a great 4th of July. <laughs> and yeah. if you're not from the United States, have a great Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll talk to you guys soon. Bye.